Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story against somebody who's trying to fish for compliments. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I'll meet the call count, but won't make the calls count. I worked at a call center for a collection agency for nearly five years. Anybody that's worked in this type of environment knows that there are all sorts of targets that are expected to be met, be they daily, monthly, or whatever. One of our targets was to make a certain number of calls per day. I believe it was 120. Naturally though, the more contact you would make with debtors, the less time there was to make other calls. It's usually not an issue, but some days you might make significantly more contact than others, and sometimes your call count might be like two-thirds of what it should be. We would get regular updates on the call count, and our manager would let us know if we were on track, and at the end of the day, they would give you the final results. I found it very annoying when you would have a successful day collecting debts and generating revenue for the company, only to have a manager dwell on your call count. Any protest of... Yes, I didn't meet the call count requirement, but hey, look at the revenue I generated today. It doesn't matter. The target must be met, even if it wasn't a successful day. But I knew I still ended up spending much time in contact with these debtors in attempt to collect. I would ask my manager to review my talk time to see that the efforts were being made to do what we're hired to do. It doesn't matter. The requirement must be met. Now, to be clear, a call only counted if someone picked up or the call went to a voicemail box that wasn't full. The system was unable to register events otherwise. Not in service, voicemail box full, rings out with no voicemail box or answer. Meaning if you were to make hundreds of attempts in one day, only a fraction are registered. Everyone is aware of this, but it didn't matter to the company. Well, I was tired of the unfairness of it all. It also doesn't help that the company was grossly skimming our bonuses that my department's client provided to us as a reward for successfully collecting on these debts. It was really obvious when our bonuses became random numbers when it was only possible for them to be multiples of five. Frustrated with this literal theft and underappreciation of successful collection, the whole point of the job, I decided to comply with the call count expectations and never be under the target again. I created a notepad file with a list of all the telephone numbers that went straight to voicemail. These are often numbers that have blocked us, or presumably the owner of the number set up as away or something. From then on, I made sure to make 15 to 20 calls per hour that would register, implying that even more calls were being made that they just couldn't see due to the way the system registered calls. I would spread these calls out so my activity wouldn't seem suspicious and would spend all day reading articles on the internet. Naturally, the revenue I'd been generating decreased by about 80%. How come you're not collecting? Well, manager, you can see I'm surpassing my call count target and my talk time is very low so I'm just not getting the opportunities to do so. It should be noted that whatever I was collecting after doing so was really easy. The people whose accounts we received who could pay and wanted to pay anyway, often these people would call us, so I just relied on that to make it appear like I was doing anything at all. 
they started giving me lower value portfolios to work, which is fine by me. You're stealing my bonus. The very incentive I have to do more than the bare minimum anyway for a paycheck. I honestly thought I was quiet quitting, but no. I had a reputation as a valued member of our department and company, so no one wanted to fire me. I guess they just chalked up my lack of success to the crap portfolios they were assigning me. Steal my bonuses and dwell on a target that would be better judged as a marker of effort rather than an end-all be-all and I couldn't care less. I was getting paid to read. This went on for nearly two years until I had to leave for mental health reasons. Honestly, it sounds to me like OP slipped and fell into a crevice of a job that worked out for them pretty well. I mean, it's pretty low effort. As long as you don't mind spending the time to put in those fake calls, sounds pretty nice. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, want to report suspicious mail? Okay. This happened during 2022 till March 2023. I was working for a large corporation as a remote employee, and the employer had a highly active cyber head of security. He tested us time and time again to see who would fall for one, and then make them do an online course. Middle of 2022, I started getting instructions that I must go through online training with a link to the course, but the sender had a different domain of that the company used, so I flagged it as spam per instructions. The emails kept coming monthly and I flagged them according to policy. March 2023, I haven't visited the main office for nearly a year. I got a message from the same sender telling me that my company access card has been blocked until I completed the trainings, so I flagged it as well, but I became suspicious, so I entered the company new portal and clicked on the training page, which forwarded me to that domain. You gotta love people who stress that you can only follow these set of rules. Do not step outside the box that I've created. And then you realize they're shouting that to you outside the box to begin with. Our next story is, box of skulls lead to shock and awe. In my free time, I like to draw. One subject of interest is skulls. Usually I have to search the web for images of skulls, but I know a biologist, so I called them up and asked if I could borrow a cast. Not real, skull. They said that they never loan out a skull because they'll forget who they loaned it out to and it just disappears. Online they go for $300 to $2,000. She had the ones that are not cut open above the eyes, so you can open into the brain cavity that are obviously for study. They look more real as they were cast from real skulls and thus have some of the character and damage of the originals. I think they're rather sturdy plastic with a little heft. They're all two pieces with a detached bandable. In addition to human skulls, she had other mammals including apes and monkeys that have fangs. Strangely, she said she would be willing to loan out all of the skulls and that way they will not forget who has what. I agreed and grinning, I took a huge box of skulls home. My wife saw the box and asked me what was in it. I said, skulls. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. She said, no, really, what's in the box? She did not believe me. I can imagine bringing a box of Legos a colleague's family was passing on or something like that, and upon being asked saying skulls or some other random and probable item just to be funny, because who would have ever expected a box of skulls? I said, skulls? She got mad and said, fine, don't tell me. Now at this point I've had my fun. She was indeed surprised by my answer, and I could have filled in the details of how and why I got the skulls and when I had to return them, but I was told not to tell her, so I did that. I complied stubbornly and perhaps with a bit of malice, because her extreme reaction surprised me and I freeze up and become defensive when surprised because of my childhood. She grew up with older brothers and they were always teasing her growing up. You can be sure her orange juice had gummy worms in it. She has a short fuse for foolery. On the other hand, I was the oldest with a stern and overly firm stepmother, and I learned to do as I was told to the letter, lest I face the consequences, which go beyond the scope of this post. I put on stubbornness just as she wanted an explanation. She asked again, and I said that I'd answered the question, and besides, I'd just been told not to say any more. I think we were both a bit steamed. She didn't get an explanation because I stuck by her command to not say anything. She pondered for a while, and I didn't see when she slipped to another part of the house to get closer to the box. When she was near it, she pounced on it and opened it up. I didn't even see her. Without context or explanation, she got an eyeful of scale-sized skulls. I saw her talking to herself. He said, skulls? These are skulls. A box full of skulls. It's kind of a moment of shock. The skulls weren't neatly stacked, just jumbled mandibles and craniums. Of course, this wasn't what I imagined when I'd came home with a box of the skulls. I rather wanted the enthusiasm and wonder that I'd had having scored a drawing experience that would be difficult to have in normal circumstances. I was excited. Well, it was botched, but I explained the details after she had found out that I'd not been sarcastic. We recovered gradually and it had all kind of played out again when the kids came home from school. This just makes me think of that Brad Pitt scene from Seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? Our next story is Hospital's Malicious Compliance on Unsuspecting Patient. 
Note, this is not one of those situations where the perpetrator of the malicious compliance is the good guy. In fact, this situation actually deepened my pre-existing suspicion of the entire U.S. medical system. Setting, early January 2020, we've heard reports of a widespread virus overseas. We're not in pandemic mode yet because it hasn't officially began. My city is going through a really nasty flu season and I've got just about the worst flu of my life. I'm in my early 20s and have managed to avoid going to the doctor in the five years since I've moved out. I do not understand insurance or the medical system in any meaningful way and am 100% convinced that even looking at a hospital funny will bankrupt me. So I'm very resistant to going. But through constant pestering from my then-girlfriend, now fiancé, I am convinced that I'm close enough to death's door that I should probably go to a doctor. So I go to urgent care pretty late at night. I say, excuse me, I'd like to get checked up for this flu. I feel awful. The receptionist says, okay, we'll get you checked in. Insurance info, etc.? I provide my insurance. I was still on my parents. I say, so I just want to be upfront with you. I don't really know how this insurance stuff works. Do you know how much this visit will be? I've got $80 to my name at the moment and absolutely cannot afford anything more than that. They say, well, we can't really figure that out until the doctor sees you. I say, do you have any idea, ballpark, how much these kinds of visits typically cost so I have an idea? If it's typically more than $80, then tell me now so I can go home and write it out. They say, we really have no way of knowing. At this point, I'm getting frustrated. I just want to have an idea of what to expect. My lungs feel like they're full of glass, I can't breathe, and I'm dizzy as all heck. I say, if I'm going to have to pay more than the $80 I have to get looked at today, then I'm going home instead. Girlfriend said, no, you should at least stay to get looked at. The receptionist said, well, how about I do this so you get the bill later in the mail and you have more time to pay. I say, that sounds fantastic, thank you. Well, I go through to the doctor's visit. They do a blood test, x-ray, and tell me that they're out of flu tests. I leave with the expert diagnosis that I have flu-like symptoms with literally no new information about why I felt like death. Where's the malicious compliance, you ask? Well, that wonderful receptionist checked me into the gosh darn ER rather than urgent care so I could be billed after the fact. How much did they try to bill me for? $3,600. They tried to charge me nearly $4,000 to tell me that they knew nothing about why I was feeling sick. I suspect now, of course, that I had COVID before it was cool. OP later mentioned that they contacted the urgent care and complained, and apparently they couldn't wipe out the whole debt, but they did wipe out some, so OP had to settle with paying $360 for that nonsense. I definitely have insurance, and finding out they booked me as going to the emergency room rather than the urgent care would just make me livid. With my insurance, I usually just pay like a base fee. If I went to an urgent care place, I'd probably spend like $50 for just an urgent care checkup. If I went to the emergency room, I'd be paying at least 10 times that, if not more. Our next story is that one time my son was sent home because of dress code violations at school. When my son was in middle school, I was notified he had to be picked up because he was in violation of the school dress code. I asked what the issue was, and on the phone was told, he's wearing a shirt that shows nudity. 
I freak out and rush to the school, my mind worrying as to what he could possibly have worn. None of his clothes that I knew of had nudity on it. As he gets in the car, I see the violation. He wore a t-shirt with Bruce Lee on it from Enter the Dragon. When I got home, I called to confirm why they had sent him home. Sure enough, a topless Bruce Lee's bare chest sent someone clutching their pearls apparently. A quick stop to the craft store followed. Using puffy paint, I superimposed a lovely bikini top to cover Bruce's man nipples. He wore the shirt to school again and nobody dared say a thing. Honestly respect to the kid for going back to school wearing that Bruce Lee bikini top shirt. Takes a lot of confidence to rock that. Our next story is my boyfriend's loophole to me asking him to compliment me more. My boyfriend and I have been going through a rough patch. I asked him months ago if he could compliment me a little bit more because it makes me happy. So now he says, hello beautiful, every day when he comes home in the same voice that he uses to greet the cat. He even looks at the cat while saying it. I'm pretty sure he is talking to the cat at this point, and if I bring it up again, his reply will be, I compliment you every day. Nah, bruh, you're complimenting the cat. She is pretty beautiful though, I don't blame him. Honestly, this is an interesting conversation to have, because are they complimenting OP enough? I think the issue is, for some reason, I have the mindset of oftentimes when I'm being told to do something or do something more, I have that, well, I don't really want to do that as much anymore kind of thing. When you ask somebody, I need you to compliment me more, it doesn't really come from a genuine place if you're having to force it. And also when you have to like try to rearrange your mindset to try to stay focused on complimenting them whenever you can. I guess the problem is it shouldn't ever really feel like a chore or like an afterthought if you really do believe it or care about the person, right? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.